Hi, my name is Sherry Doherty, and I'm a lady in red. In act two of my career and living my best life, my perspective on life and behaviors have been governed by who I was as a child, who I became, and who I am still striving to be. People my age are beautiful, bold, confident, and full of wisdom. And truly, the encore of the story of your life is still when the best songs are yet to be sung. My mission in this podcast is to shine the spotlight on people like me, have real conversations about reinvention stories, and inspire you to continue to follow your dreams regardless of your age. I'm doing it for Daisy. Who are you doing it for? Good day and welcome to today's episode of the Encore Podcast. Today, I am delighted to have with me a couple who are pursuing an Encore career together. And I think it is so beautiful in the time that I've gotten to know them. They have a great story of their life together and how they still share dreams that they're pursuing together. I'm very excited. They come to us from South Carolina, right on the Georgia border. So they are south of us for sure. We're experiencing a cool down in weather here in Canada and I don't think they're experiencing the same thing. They have a different definition of cool down than we do, obviously. But today I am chatting with Brian and Margaret Mackey, who are the hosts of the Beyond I Do podcast. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. We're so excited to be here. Yes. I am so excited to dig into this <laughs> because just the name of your podcast captures you. I remember actually having a little bit of post-wedding blues mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you spend and I'm just kind of going to dive into something a little bit but you spend a year or two planning a wedding planning a big day being the center of attention being the bride in my case and this everything is about you and then you get married it's beautiful you have a honeymoon and then meh, nobody <laughs> tells you what happens yep so yep. you're totally on to something because they always say you know, and then they lived happily ever after. Right, right, right. What does that look like? And it looks different for everybody. (laughs) And it's not always roses and fairies and bonbons and all sorts of things. It takes a lot of hard work. Yes, it does. And I can tell from just the time that I've spent talking to you guys, you have a strong love bond. And this is one of the gifts that you have to pay forward to the next generation. I know that that's part of what you're aspiring to do through the podcast and some future projects. So I'm so excited to just dig into who you are, what your life has been like, what your Beyond I Do has been like, and where you're planning to go together. It's such a great story. So if you would take a moment, each of you, just give us a little bit of an introduction about who you are, what your childhood was like, where you were born and raised, any highs or lows that you're willing to share, and kind of bring us to the moment where you met And then we'll jump back in and kind of take it from there. So you guys go ahead. I'm Margaret, and I was raised as an only child. I had half-siblings who did not live with me, but I am the only child that my parents had together. My growing up years, my childhood years, they were a bit chaotic. My parents did not have a very good relationship. And when they finally divorced when I was 16, I think that I had bags packed before my mom did, because I just wanted out. I just knew they needed to be away from each other, and I didn't want to be in that environment. So throughout my teenage years, I participated in some very risky behaviors, just based on the environment that I grew up in. As I got older, I knew that I wanted companionship. So I looked at my parents as a model of what not to do. (laughs) A lot of us do that. (laughs) 
<laughs> so just, we were so young when we met, I didn't have a lot of experience dating as an adult and carrying with me some of the things that I had experienced. I had a lot of growing to do, and I'm just so thankful that I have a partner who was there with me and who allowed me to go through those growing pains and who supported me as opposed to using those things against me. So we started out as friends, and I'm thankful for that. So yeah, that's that's beautiful. (laughs) And yourself, Byron? All right. I'm Byron Mackey. I was born the youngest of 10. Oh boy, that's completely <laughs> different from Margaret. Yes, yes, yes. I'm the 47-year-old baby. <laughs> wow. Family, yes. My family structure was a little different. Now, when I say 10, my father, he had two boys from previous marriage and my mother had everyone else and I'm the only one they had together. Okay. Well, you have that in common. So my father and my mother, they were married 20 years. And my siblings, we never considered each other a step. That was my brother. That's my sister. And still to this day. Oh, it's beautiful. But we grew up in a, you know, I guess modern suburban lifestyle. My mother worked at the hospital. My father always did sales. So like you were talking about your sales background, my dad, his was up and down. Yeah. But he did a good job providing for us. We never missed meals. <laughs> he made sure we had what we needed, and my mother did also. And then in later years, my dad broke off into uh, finally kind of scaling things back down, and he started working for a company selling what we call here, they call modular homes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so he did that up until his death in 96. Okay. So, you know, I was typical... You know, child coming up, played sports, not in high school, but I played sports around the neighborhood. <laughs> and uh, whatever season was in, we would play that. If it was football season, we play football. Baseball season, we play baseball. It was just a fun experience growing up where I grew up. One of my teenage years, I kind of struggled with a lot of identity issues because I was everybody's little brother. <laughs> and I wanted to be my own self, but, you know, everybody's, you know, I was such and such a little brother or such and such a little brother, but I was not myself. So a lot of times that had me in a quiet position, <laughs> so to speak. But teenage years, you know, I was a decent student in high school. I did enough to make it through <laughs> and went off to college and did that for a year. Came back home, decided they college went for me and started working. Started, I did go to a technical school. And uh, did that for a while and got to the point where this young lady and I, we met each other in, I was in high school still. Oh, yeah. I want to hear that story. So tell us how you met. (laughs) Oh, goodness. So it was, was, picture it. (laughs) (laughs) But it was 1992 when we met. Uh, She was in. I was still in high school. You just graduated. Still in high school. <laughs> well, yeah, when we met. I okay. was still in high school. It's kind of a funny story because, <laughs> and we're telling it out in the beginning of our podcast. Our I first think episode. I did listen to that one, but yeah, um, yes. listeners haven't uh, listened to that one. <laughs> I got home from after school activity, and one of my friends, he got dropped up at the house with me, and he was like, hey, man, I'm going to go around the corner and visit my friend Mark. And I was like, who is this Margaret? This is my neighborhood. And I don't know who you're talking about. So anyway, we walked over there and I saw her. It was her and her cousin. She was sitting on top of the car and they started talking. And uh, she didn't know who I was because 
she was very interested in my friend. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was not important. <laughs> I had a crush on his friend. So yep. thankfully his friend was dealing with a bad breakup and wasn't interested in me. So, <laughs> But we were friends for years. Yes, I yes. think during that time, at one point, we dated as much as you can in high school. Yeah. And that didn't work out at the time. And We just remained friends. I went away to school, and when I would come home for holidays, he was one of the first people that I'd reach out to. Mm. We'd make sure that we spent time together during those times. I had people that I dated. He had a long-term relationship that that he (laughs) She's still kind of shaking her head about that. (laughs) It was rough, but, you know, throughout Mm -hmm. that, we maintained contact, and Through doing the podcast, we've talked about those things. And one of the things that really stuck out to me is just the level of safety and comfort that I felt around him. Our friend groups would go and hang out and somehow I would always find myself sitting next to him and we'd talk and laugh just because I never felt like I had to be anything other than myself, mm-hmm. and I felt comfortable and safe. And that was important to me because of my background and what I had gone through. We laughed together, and yep. as we retell stories and things, I can remember certain things. I know a, a friend of mine from college one time, I introduced them, and she's whispering to me, does he have a girlfriend? No. Are you going to introduce <laughs> us? No. Nope. Um, so, <laughs> So even though we weren't together at the time, I still wasn't going to do that either. So, But unfortunately, we didn't get that fairy tale type wedding yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. We were young and we made some choices. Our son came into the picture exactly a week before we were married. So, okay. I'm sorry, a week after we were yes, married. We beat him yes. by a week. Yes. But we had been friends for so long. My mom had been calling him her son for years that it was the type of situation that either we were going to be really great co-parents or we were going to get married and raise a family. So we chose the latter. (laughs) (laughs) But we're still here. So obviously that was a success. What did your early married years look like and your building your family and your careers and your life look like? (laughs) Oh, goodness. Early married years. In the beginning, it was a struggle for me because like I said, I dropped out of college and I was trying to find myself, find work. I just knew I wanted to take care of my family. I, I worked a lot of different jobs and I was never the type uh, to just settle because it was just like, I need more money to take care of my family. So I finally winded up in the chemical industry. That's what started me doing shift work. So when I did that, that kind of gave a little bit more stability. I didn't, you know, leave jobs as often, but I had a little period where I would get laid off and we would have to move back in with her mother. Or hmm. We'd get in. <laughs> Find another place to stay, get laid off, end up moving back home. You know, it was kind of like that for a couple of years. We were young and idealistic. So this was, by the time we were married, we were 22 and 23 years old Mm. and didn't have a clue of how certain things operated. So, you know, we looked at apartments and we picked out the apartment that we wanted. Mm. And when we went to the office and they explained to us the income guidelines and this and that, I was like, oh, 
that's not going to work. <laughs> we don't have that type of money. Right. So we were so inexperienced. And my mom, I was her only child. She would have open doors when we needed, but I was her only child. And so therefore my family was her family. Yeah. <laughs> and so even as an adult, the last time that we lived with her, that was the best time because we were building our own home. And yes. so we lived with her and my stepfather and I was on the phone with a coworker and we're talking and my mom came and she said, dinner is ready. And I said, okay, I'll be in in a bit. And about five minutes later, I'm on the phone and my stepdad comes to the door and he said, did you hear your mom? Yes, I'll be in in a bit. And so my coworker is laughing at me. She's, did you just get in trouble? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those times we needed to be there. It was necessary, yes. but it just did so much to your psyche to be in your mom's home. Like I had to stop her from doing our laundry. <laughs> so things <laughs> like that. But throughout it all, there was the commitment to each other. Yes, yes. Back up a little bit. We decided that, you know, once we had our son, it didn't make sense for us to pay a lot in daycare and she worked making barely minimum wage. So we decided that she would stay at home and I'd do all the working. Okay. And um, we decided also that she had probably I think one more year of college left. So I allowed her to go back to school and finish her education. Allowed. Well, I allowed it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but we got flagged from different family members. Yeah. And I remember this one particular family member saying, hey, you know, if she goes to work and y'all got $50 left over from paying all the bills and everything, and that's worth it. And I was like, that didn't make any sense to me. So, you know, we learned then to, you know, regardless of what friends and family say, you do what works for you too. Yes. Absolutely. A hundred percent. That's some great advice. And that paid also when she got her degree, she had a job right out of school. Yeah. And by that, I think you worked a year and then we got pregnant with our daughter. Yeah. And this is the funny part. <laughs> funny story. I was working at a chemical plant and I was with the temp agency and they were going to hire me and a couple of other guys, you know, from temp to permanent. So I was like, once I get that permanent, she's working, we're going to build a bill. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Well, then the job that I had, yeah. I was pregnant and, and I was a social worker at the time and the state had done an audit and everything that was supposed to be in place was not, and they were coming back. So they were shuffling to get things together and they threw together this program and told us that it would come up under the program that I worked for. And I couldn't understand. So now there's two jobs that I'll be responsible for. And I asked, why didn't the new hire, you know, that's what she was hired for. And they said, she doesn't feel safe working with the kids. Meanwhile, I am big and pregnant. Right. <laughs> and I'm already worked. So I said, well, I don't feel safe either. And so yep. that resulted in, we talked and I turned in my resignation. Mm -hmm. And so, so she turns in her resignation <laughs> that day. I was on nights. We worked 12 hours shield seven to seven and at five o'clock that morning we get a call from our supervisor say hey i uh, need byron and such and such to meet me in my office which is not usual right and i kind of made a joke like they might be trying to lay us off you know just kind of joking oh <laughs> <laughs> Went to the office and that's particularly what happened it wasn't funny then but looking back in it now i think uh, i laughed till i cried <laughs> well you definitely demonstrated resilience and I'm sure one of your secrets to success in your marriage and in life is there are points when you just have to laugh. Like right. some stuff is right. just so ridiculous 
You can't even write it. It's funny you say that because that was a long drive home. It mm-hmm. was my first day I being off. I woke her up and said, hey, I need you to wake up. And she was like, what? What's going on? I said, I got laid off. And that was the first thing we did. Both of us just laughed. Right. <laughs> Yeah, what are you going to do, right? (laughs) And to brag on him, like he said, and his father, if you think about what he said, his father had two children from a previous marriage. His mom had the rest. (laughs) And so the fact that he took that responsibility on, to me, that man, like, you can't say anything wrong about him. And he raised all of those kids as if they were his own. And so that day when he comes home and he tells me, you know, that he's been laid off, I saw him for who he really is. Because from that day on, he would take buckets with the soap and sponge and he'd go around and wash cars and office buildings just to have money coming in. I mean, just anything that he could do to have money coming in. We never even considered me going back to work. And then fortunately, the company that he's actually still with, that's when he started. He got on it there. So we didn't have a lot of time. We had maybe about about a month, a month, month and a half. But during that time, just to see how important it was for him to provide for us, I commend him still for that. Don't find that a lot. Well, that was because part of growing up, you know, my dad was like, you know, I take care of your needs, but if you want, that's going to be on you. (laughs) So That's great. You know, at 13 or 14 years old, we were going to my neighborhood, you know, cutting grass and washing cars and doing different things. So that was just like natural to me. Like, you know, I can't just sit and do nothing, especially (laughs) now that I have two mouths to feed. Well, three, because, you know, daughter at the time. So it was like, I got to do something. And just to, you know, ease my mind of what is going on. So, mm-hmm. you know, I hit up a friend of mine. He had got laid off exactly the same day. And we was like, hey, man, let's get these buckets. Let's go yeah. we'll wash some cars. And uh, that was just what we did. And it was funny. The temporary agency that I worked for, she brought in the application for my current job. And she was like, do you want to fill this out now? Or you can bring it back to the office later. And I said, I'm going to go ahead and fill this out now because I've got nothing else to do anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> was like, that was May 1st. And then on the 28th, I got a call for an interview and I hired in on the June 11th. Yeah. So And what was, year was that? That was 2001. 2001. Yeah. Okay. So you've been there a really good long time now. Obviously, yes. you've got great dedication, great commitment. I can see that in anything that you speak of and that your relationship and your work ethic and all those good things and you're a hard worker. So good on you, particularly in this day and age to have held a position for that long. You're obviously right. very value to them just as much as you are to your family. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. We spoke about it as well in the pre-call, so I hope it's okay that I bring it up as well, but it really intrigued me when you told me that somewhere in that time, you also brought in another child to your life. I think there was some foster. (laughs) We actually fostered to adopt, and I can vividly remember when we were dating, and we were right in the car and we were talking about, oh, we're going to have two birth children and then we're going to adopt and we're going to have this family. And it was cute then. (laughs) And we carried that with us. So after our two birth children, when our daughter was maybe about two or three, we started the process to get approved to adopt. 
And we did, we adopted a teenager, which goes against (laughs) best practices because you should not adopt. Well, it's not best practices to adopt out of birth order. But like I said, I had been in social work. So, you know, I thought I knew everything. We'll be fine. Um, And we were matched with a 14-year-old girl. And the first time we talked to her on the phone, she said, can I call you mama? And that was it for me. What are you going to say to that? Right. (laughs) Right. And it was rough. It was rough. She had a lot of adjusting. She had been through a lot. And I can remember her. She would sit in my lap at 14 and she'd just hold me. And she looked at me one night and she said, I wish that you had gotten me earlier. So she knew that Mm. she had been through so much. Yes. She was gone for about five years. Every now and then we'd hear from her. Remember Mm. when she turned 18, she called when I answered the phone, she said, Margaret. (laughs) Yes. And she said, I need you to send my social security card and birth certificate to my mom's. And I told her, if you are adult enough to call me by my first name, and make that request, then you need to figure out how to get it on your own. Wow, good for you. (laughs) And she, at 21, she popped up again, and she had a baby at that point. Yes. She was not ready to be a mama, and we adopted that baby. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're angels. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It sounds like that. (laughs) So we had her, and once the oldest was settled, And it took her a couple of years to do that. She got married and had two other children, Mm -hmm. but she eventually started to see her on visits. And a few years back, she went to live with her permanently. So we are now grandparents and we like that. (laughs) We still, you know, we're in constant contact and that's something that was important to us. Even before the little one is, you know, we just wanted to know she was okay. Yes, It was rough, but it's rewarding. And to see the woman that she has grown into and to know that just us being there as a part of that has been rewarding. Yes, definitely. Literally, I have no words, which is great. (laughs) (laughs) You are beautiful, beautiful people. Wow. Thank Thank you. you. Okay. (laughs) In your Beyond I Do... So you are probably now you've, you know, talked a little bit about your years coming up together and starting your family and developing careers and trying to just figure it all out. You know, you're, I think, probably in a more stabilized place at this time and you are in stable career jobs, but also have dreams and aspirations of encore careers. Yes. So what do you both do now before we talk about the podcast? So you're Jobs that pay the bills is what I like to call them. I have one of those as well. And then the podcast as your passion project, because again, like I mentioned, love that you share that. Do you want to talk about that? Okay. So I am a teacher. I left social work after about a year, year and a half. And teaching is something that I was always interested in. But just like the rebel that I am, my mom wanted me to go to school for education and I could not satisfy her that way. So I rebelled a little bit and had to go back and backtrack. But this is my 19th year in education. And the past two years, I've taught high school English. And I absolutely love my school. I love my kids. And I actually feel like 
hopefully within the next <laughs> few years, when I do move out of that position, I feel like this was a good way to end it. I feel like I'm ending my career on a high. And I know that you don't hear that a lot when it comes to teachers, but I've just been fortunate enough to get in a good school and I have wonderful kids. And so I'm excited about being there with them for the moment and that when I do leave education, I'll have a positive feel from it and not be, you know, upset and bitter as I move from it. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yourself, Byron? All right. Well, like I said, in 2001, I inquired the job that I have now currently, <clears throat> and I've been there, like I said, what is it, 20 22 years. 22 years. Mm -hmm. I've worked my way up to a kiln operator. It's a paper mill that I work at, and we make different types of paper. Um, Usually the bleach board paper, what we call it. Anything from your McDonald's fry boxes, any of your medicine boxes that are coated on the outside and have white on the inside. Okay. That's the particular product. But we send it out in big rolls, and then the company does whatever they decide to do with it. But my job is we work 12-hour shifts. We do a 4-3 rotation, and I'm actually on my seven days now. So Seven days off. I'm in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I do work two weekends straight, so <laughs> two weekends on, two weekends off. Yeah. And so I've been doing that for a while. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, well, you know, I want to, because we had one guy that did it, and he was 55 and he retired. So I said, man, I would love to retire at 55 or at least be in a position Yes. Where I can retire at 55. But I didn't know quite what I was going to do. You know, I tried my hand at a oil change of business at one time and that didn't work out. I was going to try to, you know, start a detailing business and the market was so saturated where we are because that's what everybody's doing. And so I kind of pushed that to the side and, you know, I was just kind of waiting, waiting and waiting. And then a couple of years ago, I talked to her and I was like, let's do a podcast. <laughs> I said, everybody's doing it now. We can do a podcast on marriage. And she was like, yeah, let's do that. And it took about a good year and a half before we actually <laughs> decided to actually record. <laughs> and, you know, that was kind of good. And once we did our first episode, it's like, okay, we're going to put it out. And we did our first episode actually was on vacation in Las Vegas. Okay. And, uh, we did our record our first episode while we were on vacation and put it out in February. And we made the commitment to say it was the end of January, yes. So we made the decision to try to make sure we was going to stay on top of it. And it's been good. Learning a lot. She's doing all of the technical stuff. The social media. Social media the stuff. Actually uploading mm-hmm. the episodes. And he does the editing and things like that. We've kind of fallen into the roles that we're yes. comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Right. And like you said, to have that shared passion project. It's been exciting, but also the content of it has been exciting because we love love and we enjoy each other and just want to kind of be advocates for that. Right. I also love the positivity. So (laughs) the world is so full of negativity right now. Right. Anywhere you turn, you can hear about the terrible things that are happening in the world. You can listen to a murder mystery 24-7 on any channel, any time, you can hear political arguments, you can hear so much negativity <laughs> that yeah. are my brain. And so I love that you're focusing on love because it right. is the most beautiful thing and being inspirational that it can happen. You right. can have a happily ever after, you can have a beyond I do. And I know 
everyone's experience, it's never perfect. And there are days. Right. right. And there's times and there's seasons and there's struggles, but the commitment is what really makes it stick. It's like the glue that even yeah. if you pull it or bend it or stretch it, you cannot break it because right. there's that glue commitment there. So I love that that's what you're focusing your energy on versus yeah. some of the other negative things that we could all go down those rabbit holes. And there's plenty of places to do that. So I do love your spirit in that. I can see it. What is your goal ultimately with the podcast? And then even just with say the Beyond I Do brand, where would you love to see you take yourself? So of course we want to continue with the podcast. We are growing and evolving with that. So if you start at the beginning and listen up to the most recent episodes, you can see we're trying to tweak and change things. We're mm-hmm. trying to monitor the timing of the episodes and trying to be more conversational with them. and eventually that has gotten us to a point of wanting to find ways to help other couples establish that type of commitment and relationships. So that's kind of the next step as we move towards his goal of 55 (laughs) is to build something that allows us to help other couples work on that commitment, that relationship and create their beyond I do moment. Oh, I can totally see you on a stage just (laughs) and just, you know, sharing like your hearts because Mm -hmm. really what is it about is like your commitment in the heart. And I think, you know, these may not be your words, so they're mine, but like, you know, that you're blessed with this beautiful thing that you've been gifted and that thing is your relationship. Right. But you cherish it and you can see Mm -hmm. that if you teach others to cherish whatever blessings they get. Right. Sometimes they come in surprise packages like children early or children that you adopt or, you know, things like you guys have just embraced every blessing life has given you and made it all beautiful. You should be so proud of yourselves. I'm just to know. And like you said a couple of times, we are advocates for, you know, you do what works within your relationship as long as you focus on each other. Right. That's the important part. And we've had those moments, especially being so young, where we had to stop and sit and think, okay, we are real grownups at this point. And we can make this decision without outside influences. So, you know, it's been a journey, but I'm so excited to have my best friend with me. So. Okay. (laughs) If my listeners wanted to listen to your podcast or learn more about you, how would they do that? So we have a website. It's www.beyondidopodcast.com. Mm-hmm. We are also on Facebook and Instagram, the Beyond I Do Podcast, and YouTube, yep, YouTube. the Beyond I Do Podcast. And then anywhere that you stream podcasts, you can find us, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Yep. Yep. All of them. <laughs> Guys, I'm so excited for you. And I'm so excited to just share the positivity and the energy. I will make sure all of the links and things are in our show notes so that anybody who is listening on my channels as well has those connections right at their fingertips, which is beautiful. I would love to thank you for your time. It's been a sheer pleasure and I am excited to go back and dig into more of your episodes as well. I listen to my driving, so that would be great. If you could give... Married couples, one piece of advice, what would it be? (laughs) Interesting. Friendship. Friendship. Like over love. 
it's easy to love someone, but like is what makes you want to get up next to this person every day. You have to work on like. So that's been one of the things. Outside influences as far as you can. We've made decisions based on how other people would feel that were not us before and you know in learning. But now we're just like, hey, we have to live with the decision regardless of who is going to get mad, let them get mad. I don't care. Yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of like how we live our mantra, I guess you want to say. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Okay. Well, with that, I do thank you for your time. I sincerely appreciate, like I said, getting to know you and hearing your story. It is beautiful. I encourage everyone to check them out and check out their podcast. It is definitely a inspiration. And thank we'll all chat soon again. Thank you. Thank you.